1: So, take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. This is your Times Daily World Briefing on Tuesday, the 8th of March. I'm Sophia Franklin.
0: And I'm Steve Forbes.
1: The conflict in Ukraine rages on as civilians face more brutal attacks. Russia continues to cynically disregard the norms of international humanitarian law during hostilities.
0: And thousands evacuate their homes after Australian floods hit Sydney.
1: The danger still continues this afternoon. If anyone who's out on the roads are out at the moment, there is intense heavy rainfalls as we speak.
0: Times of London Daily World Briefing.
1: Thousands of Ukrainians trapped in cities are holding out hope for an escape route from ongoing Russian bombardments. It's as an agreed temporary ceasefire with Ukraine comes into force in some areas. Many have been trapped in the port city of Mariupol, the capital Kiev, and elsewhere. Anthony Lloyd, the Times of London's war reporter, is in Ukraine's second-largest city, Kharkiv. And witness women and children in hospitals being treated for bomb injuries, their skin bruised and garnished with green disinfectant. In Mariupol, food and water supplies are reportedly running low. The Ukrainian president, Volodymyr Zelensky has vowed to stay in the capital, Kiev, and fight for as long as it takes. In a defiant video message released overnight, he accused Russian troops of mining humanitarian corridor routes and said Russia's claims of allowing safe passage out for Ukrainians is plain propaganda.
0: These are not people. There was an agreement on green corridors. Has it worked? What worked instead was Russian tanks, Russian mines. They even mined the road that was agreed would be used to bring in food, medicines for children, for the people of Mariupol. They even destroy buses that are meant to evacuate people. At the same time, they open a tiny corridor leading to the occupied territory for a couple of dozen people, not so much to Russia as to their propaganda people, their TV cameras saying, look who is saving people. Plain cynicism, plain propaganda.
1: Russia and Ukraine agreed a temporary ceasefire Tuesday morning to allow civilians to leave the northeastern city of Sumy, which came under heavy shelling overnight. At least nine people, including two children there, were killed. Russia also reportedly offered so called humanitarian corridors out of other cities, including Kharkiv, Mariupol, and the capital of Kiev, but it would see people taken into Russia and Belarus. Ukraine said that wasn't acceptable. Ukraine's ambassador to the United Nations, Sergei Kitslitsa, says shelling still hasn't stopped, despite Russian promises. Russia continues to cynically disregard the norms of international humanitarian law during hostilities. Evacuation through humanitarian corridors is only possible when the ceasefire regime is fully upheld. The Ukrainian side is ready for that. A local Ukrainian official in the Sumy region has said Russian warplanes carried out strikes on the northeast city late Monday night. Dmytro Zavinsky, who leads the regional military administration, claims at least 10 people, including children, were killed. Natalie Samara Singhi is global director of advocacy at the Open Society Foundations, a human rights foundation. As the UN sets up a commission of inquiry, Natalie told Times Radio human rights are being abused. Civilians have been deliberately uh, targeted. We've had reports of the shelling of hospitals, of schools, orphanages. I mean, clearly horrific things are going on. I think the reason to set up this commission of inquiry is really when it comes to accountability. We need the burden of proof. We need to know exactly what's happened so that we can tell you know, victims what's happened, so that we can tell the world what's happened, and hopefully that we can see the perpetrators brought to justice.
0: Despite this, Ukraine's military believe the pace of Russia's advance does seem to have slowed significantly. They say that Ukrainian air defences are successfully repelling missile and airstrikes, and that Russian troops are demoralised. Jerome Starkey is the defence editor for The Sun, and he's in Zaporiga, He's told Times Radio there's still a vast difference between cities that are still functioning and abandoned towns he's visited that were abandoned after coming under attack. We just saw a significant number of soldiers again sort of making the preparations, taking over, they'd taken over municipal buildings um, and they were coming under what they said was very regular shelling by uh, sort of an assortment of of Russian, of deadly Russian um, artillery, uh, Smirch missiles, Grad rockets, and then they said once... They'd face those bombardments. The Russian tactic appeared to be to move tanks into range and then shell them with tanks. As Russia continues its bombardment of Ukraine, Western allies have vowed to increase the economic pressure on Moscow. A 79-minute video conference on further sanctions between the leaders of the US, Britain, France and Germany was held after an appeal from President Zelensky of Ukraine for the international community to boycott Russian oil, oil products and other exports. Russia has now overtaken Iran and Syria to become the most sanctioned country in the world. Anton Barbashin, editorial director at Riddle Russia, which offers independent, balanced analysis on Russia, says Putin chose a full-scale war and has a limited view on peace talks. Russia's position on those negotiations is obviously not really a compromise. It's pretty much declaring
1: uh, or asking for Zelensky to accept defeat so he has to push forward. He doesn't have a way out of it for a number of reasons. And, well, uh, sanctions have not yet started kind of being felt in Russia. He has the momentum and he has to push, push, push. That's the only way they see it.
0: More than 10,000 people have been detained in Russia as part of a clampdown on anti-war protests Leonid Drabkin is part of OVD Info, a human rights project which aims to combat political persecution and wants more transparency about what's going on in Russia.
1: The tensions are quite violent and we see a lot of uh, kicking and beating of protesters and in addition to uh, some new laws uh, and uh, closing down some medias and uh, informational attack and propaganda, unfortunately, all, all together, it uh, really disca- discouraged people. And uh, unfortunately, I can say that uh, it's quite fearful to mm. go out to the streets.
0: Times of London, Daily World Briefing.
1: To Sydney now, where thousands of people have been forced to evacuate their homes after the Australian city was hit with torrential rain and flash flooding. The water is now so high in some areas that cars can be seen floating down streets. Following the death of two people in a Sydney canal believed to be a mother and son, police said the canal's water level had risen from ankle deep to above neck height in a matter of minutes. In the past fortnight, New South Wales and Queensland have been pummeled by heavy downpours that have caused these floods and killed 20 people so far. The Emergency Service Commissioner for New South Wales is Carleen York. The danger still continues this afternoon. If anyone who's out on the roads or out at the moment, there is intense heavy rainfalls as we speak. Um, And it doesn't take much to flow into the rivers. Um, It's not soaking into the ground. The ground is saturated. And there's every likelihood that the rivers may rise again as uh, the day goes on. Some suburbs of Sydney have had nearly eight inches of rainfall since Monday. It's predicted the rain should ease from Wednesday onwards.
0: Five years on from being abducted and sexually assaulted, popular Indian actress Bhavana Menon has broken her silence over the attack In February 2017, Menem was travelling from her hometown of Thrissur to the city of Kochi for work when she was kidnapped. She told Indian media outlet Mojo Story that she had been victim-shamed since the events and that the whole ordeal has been a nightmare. Her assault made headlines, not only because of her fame in southern India, but also because another one of the Malayalam-language film industry's biggest actors, Dilip, was accused and charged with criminal conspiracy in the case. Although he has always denied the charges, he was held in custody for three months before being released on bail. The trial, which began in 2020, is still being held.
1: On Friday, one of cricket's all-time greats, Shane Warne, passed away from a sudden heart attack at his holiday villa in Thailand. Now it's been confirmed that the Australian leg spinner died from natural causes following a preliminary examination and there were no signs of foul play in the 52-year-old's death. He was found unresponsive on the island of Koh Samui, where he was staying with friends and attempts to revive him at hospital were unsuccessful. Warne was a larger-than-life figure whose fame transcended sport and he inspired generations of fans. Former Australia international Brad Hogg said that Warren was one of cricket's last characters. To be able to have your icons out there playing the game hard but also entertaining and then putting back into the grassroots of, of sport and grassroots of community, um, those, those players are sorely missed. Warren's body will now be taken back to his native Australia, where he will be given a state funeral. He is survived by his three children with former wife Simone Callahan.
0: The Times Daily World Briefing, Sport. And finally, with news on a push for gender equality in sport, here's John Jackson. World Athletics is marking International Women's Day with a new series of pledges aimed at increasing female participation on and off the field. Among the pledges announced by the governing body are plans to ensure equal pay and to ensure member federations have safeguarding policies in place by 2023. Since his election in 2015, World Athletics President Sebastian Coe has overseen a revolution in terms of female representation in the governance of the sport. The two-time Olympic gold medalist said on Monday... He was pleased to be taking an active role once again in supporting International Women's Day and specifically his aim of achieving gender parity in our sport.
1: And that's your Times Daily World Briefing for Tuesday the 8th of March.
0: This podcast from The Times is brought to you in partnership with Google Podcasts.